Welcome to Seed Time Living. This is where we help you transform your financial life using timeless biblical principles. I'm your host, Bob Lodick, and I'm so glad to have you here today. Today, we're going to be talking about five financial principles from the Bible. These are essentially five of my favorite Bible verses about money, and they've had a big impact on my life. And so we're just going to kind of explore these, and I'll give you a little commentary on how they've impacted me and kind of what I've learned as I've kind of soaked on these scriptures. So I hope you find them to be a blessing to you, and I hope they help you. So as we are going through these verses, this is not a condemnation thing. That is not the goal of this. It's just to educate us all and get us more familiar with what God's Word says about money so that we can get more in line with that. We're all works in progress. We're all growing in our faith, and we're all growing in this journey. So just let it be that. Let it be an encouragement that hopefully can guide you and direct you just a little bit, but definitely not a guilt or condemnation thing. And if you are struggling in a particular area, I recommend that you pray and submit it to God and ask him for help. That's what he's there for. And with that, I think it's time to dive in and get started. All right, so the first one is 1 Timothy 6.10. And it says, For the love of money is a root of all kinds of evil. Some people eager for money have wandered from the faith and pierced themselves with many griefs. This is the verse you hear misquoted all the time where people say money is the root of all evil. It's not money that is the root of all evil. It is the love of money that is the root of all evil. And that is a big distinction because money in and of itself is just a tool. It is not evil. It's not righteous, but it can be used for both purposes. Just like a hammer can be used to build or can be used to harm, it's no different. Money falls in that same category. So another interesting thing about this is you're not off the hook if you don't have money. So I used to kind of think that If I didn't have a lot of money, that that meant that I didn't love money. But the truth is that the love of money has nothing to do with how much money is in your bank account. So just because you have millions of dollars in your bank account doesn't mean that you love money. And on the other hand, even if you only have $15 in your account, that doesn't prove that you don't love money either. So it's independent of the amount of money we have, and it's more our attitude and our heart towards money. So if you're trying to find out if this is an area that you can grow in, here are a few questions that you can ask yourself. Does my pursuit of money interfere with obeying God? Do I always look for something that will benefit me financially regardless of how it affects others? When it comes to helping others, am I more concerned with what my cost will be instead of allowing myself to be moved by compassion? So in this verse, Paul makes a really bold statement about our attitude towards money. Notice the vivid language that he uses here. Through this craving, some have pierced themselves with many griefs and have wandered from the faith. And essentially what he's saying here is that this craving for more and more will ultimately lead us to destruction. So like I said in the beginning, this is one of those areas that we all probably have room to grow in. So let's let God guide us and challenge us and just kind of lead us into that change that he wants to make in our hearts. All right, number two is Malachi 3.10. And it says, bring the whole tithe into the storehouse that there may be food in my house. Test me in this, says the Lord Almighty, and see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that you will not have room enough for it. I've written extensively about this on my blog, so you can check out the article down below if you want to kind of dive in and if you want to get in on the debate, because this is a heavily debated topic. But the bottom line is, is that we cannot go wrong giving. So my encouragement to you would be to continue growing in your giving and always stretching it beyond. So the tithing thing is not a have to thing, but it's a get to. It's an opportunity that we have to kind of step out in faith with God and watch him do something really special. I personally believe that we've been redeemed from the curse of the law, that Jesus bore that curse for us, and therefore we are not cursed if we don't tithe. But I do think there's a blessing available to those of us who continue to step out in generosity and continue to press our giving. 
One of my personal favorite verses about this is Luke 6, 38, where it says, Give, and it shall be given unto you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, shall men give into your bosom. And I think it's in Proverbs or Ecclesiastes where it says that he who waters will himself be watered. And there are just so many Bible verses that talk specifically about the benefits of giving. And there's just no denying that we cannot outgive God, the ultimate giver to us. So number three on the list is Acts 20, 35. And it says, In everything I did, I showed you that by this kind of hard work, we must help the weak, remembering the words of the Lord Jesus himself, that it is more blessed to give than to receive. So this one ties nicely into the previous one. And essentially, our giving changes us and it changes the world. And here are a few ways how. So number one, it provides resources for kingdom growth. So evangelists, preachers, ministries, organizations who are helping and serving the world, they all need finances to fund what they are doing. So Paul, who was actively working as a missionary, said this to the church of Philippi. In all my prayers for all of you, I always pray with joy because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. All right, number two is that we bring light and joy into the world by our generosity. So when we invest in our own possessions, there's often very little emotional return for that investment. However, when we invest in the lives of others, the return on investment is a tremendous amount of joy that we get from giving and benefiting someone else's life. You know, so we're spreading joy to the people who are getting the gift, but we're also receiving joy. Number three is that our giving helps us fulfill the two greatest commandments. So if our giving is motivated by the love of God and the love of mankind, it fulfills the greatest commandment to love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind, and then to love your neighbor as yourself. So kind of wrapping this point up, I think it's really important to remember that Jesus himself said it is more blessed to give than to receive. And if we think seriously about what that means, we should be excited when we're giving. It should be fun and it should be something that we're chasing after and wanting to do more of because there's a blessing attached to it. All right, number four is Proverbs 22.7. And it says that the rich rule over the poor and the borrower is slave to the lender. So we were slaves to sin and Jesus came to set us free. So if he wanted to set us free in that one area, I don't know why he would want us to be in bondage in another area with our debt. So whether you've required debt through your own mistakes or circumstances beyond your control, I believe that God wants to see his children living debt-free lives. And the good news is that God wants to help us become debt-free. I've seen this over and over again. I've talked to countless readers and students who have been on their journey to get out of debt. And as they have taken steps forward in faith with God to pay off their debt, I have seen miraculous things happen one after another after another. And almost every time people say, it just happened, it got paid off a lot faster than I thought. So they had a plan where it's like, our debt will be paid off in three or four years. And then what seems to happen all the time is that God just kind of swoops in and just helps add some wind beneath your wings and move things along faster than you expect. And I think it's because it's something that he wants for us. All right, so the thought of being debt-free is really fun and exciting, isn't it? But there's actually a deeper purpose behind it. So as stewards of God's money, and you can read about this in the parable of the talents, as stewards, like we are required to use this money wisely and to make the most of it. And when we're paying hundreds of dollars in interest on credit cards or whatever else it is, that's money that could be used for a better purpose. So if you're in debt and you want to get out, and this is helping you kind of get inspired and push you over the edge a little bit, We've written about this extensively on our site, and so I'll have a link down below. We have a monster guide that we created that will help you kind of walk through the process of paying off all your debt. All right, number five is one of my favorites. It's Philippians 4.19, and it says that my God will supply all of your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. 
And if you've been around at all on this earth, you probably know that putting your trust in anything other than God is just kind of silly. If we're trusting in the economy, if we're trusting in our job, if we're trusting in our bank account, all of those are places that we should not be placing our trust and that are shaky ground that are going to let us down at some point. On the other hand, God is always faithful and he will always be there and he will always provide for us. Okay, so I hope you found this helpful. And we actually have a free PDF that you can download and print off and throw up on your fridge if you want that has these five different Bible verses on it. So if you just want to keep them in front of your face and uh, be meditated on them and memorizing them, you can print that off. We'll have the link to that down in the show notes. If you some way can't get to that, you can always just go over to seedtime.com, use our search box in the top right-hand corner, and we should be able to get that into your hands. So that is all we have for today, short and sweet, and um, we'll see you next time. Adios. Adios.